Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Palmerbet on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight-up screamer! Download our app today and enjoy straight-up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same-game multi at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. The Kia EV6 and Sportage, Cars of the Year and Luno SA, Aussie-owned, made for South Australia. Yes, good evening and welcome to another episode of Sports Day on this Thursday afternoon in Adelaide. Ben Hook joining you. Joining me is Richard Douglas. Dougie, the trade period is finally done and dusted. My goodness, it's... uh it, it is all-consuming, isn't it? Now, I'm actually amazed at how much people have embraced it. I think we have a really educated group of footy fans who are just thirst for all of this knowledge on, on what is happening with each other's team. And you're looking for a bit of... Uh, positivity about next year. And we, we were going through the draft period or the trade period before. We were saying, oh, you know, 17 clubs have probably done pretty well. That's that's the beauty of it, isn't mm. it? Oh, it is. It sells hope to fans, doesn't it? And that's what you want this time of year. And clubs want that as well. They want to sell memberships, corporate packages, all these type of things. So I love what the AFL have done with it. Um, I'm a bit traditional. I don't like too much player movement. But it's obviously obvious that the fans out there like it. It sells... Um, advertising, papers, all that clickbait we talk about. Mm. So it's definitely a thirst for it, and it's only going to get more prevalent. It is going to get more prevalent. We'll talk a bit more about it. If you want to have your say in this conversation between Richard Douglas and myself, you can text in 0437 693 060 or 8223 Tell us about whether you're happy with what Port Adelaide's done. Port Adelaide still lack a big key defender that they were hoping to land in the Sava Radigalia, and I'd argue maybe Adelaide could use one more big key defender as well. Uh, Frampton out. They didn't really look to replace him, but they didn't really get an opportunity to either. I mean, they've got a youngish back line. That's probably just one query that I would have. So just mm. tell us what you think about your team's performance in Trade Week, and we'll do a big trade wrap right at the end of the show with Sam Fantasia as well. Char Time is the home of freshly brewed tea. Thirsty at Char Time, explore our ready-made signature drink range Inspired by Char Time fan faves. Dougie, I thought the one thing that really stood out over the course of this uh, trade period was the fact that if you're a youngster and you want to go home, you get there. I mean, you think about all of the young players that decided, no, we're out, we want to go. Isaac Rankin, Luke Jackson, Tanner Bruin, Ollie Henry, uh, Jason Horn Francis, all of them made their way back to the club that they wanted to get to, which when there's... Very few players that come from GWS or Gold Coast, that does put them behind the eight ball. Yeah, it certainly makes it hard. I guess it is really difficult given that a, a, a draftee only gets two-year contracts, so he can walk after, well, we've seen after one year now, they can pretty much walk and find their way home. But the question is, are the clubs getting enough compensation for these players that are leaving from other clubs swapping their picks? So yeah. I don't think they are. I think, I've said it before, but I think players should be – um, held to a four-year contract at minimum when they get recruited um, or drafted, I should say. And but they're not getting there, held. You could you could make it 10 years, and they're all still working out a way of getting home after one, two, or three. Well, it should be just a standard, have to be there four years. Because I think there's a – I'll put, say, Patrick Dangerfield and Chris Judd, for example. 
they both spent uh, – well, Danger was about six years, I think, at the Crows, and Juddy was very similar. Paddy played 150 games, best and fairest. So he'd done his dues, as did Chris Judd, won a Brownlow, helped them with the premiership. So I think that's enough time, five, six years, repay the club's faith, um, give the supporters something, and then you can really get some really good compensation on the back end of that. What if – I'll put this to you, Richard, and you've been through the process. You're a young lad who got told, oh, you're off to the Adelaide Crows. You go down to Glenelg. You sort of have to find your feet at two clubs at once. You're doing all of this as a 17-, 18-year-old. Is the draft age too low, and would we be better off if we're saying to these young lads, you've got to move out of home, give them a bit more life experience before you become a part of the system, and maybe we make the draft age 19 or 20? Uh, no, I don't think so. We've seen enough. There's enough talent at 18 that can play league footy, and why would you hold someone back? I think that's nothing wrong with that. I just believe that players, young players, need to be more resilient and more accepting of uh, it's not just a Victorian competition or it's a you know where you come from, and embrace the club. Give it a chance. If you're not liking it after a few years, you can always go back. Uh, I think it's you know they've put a lot of time, effort, resources into you as an individual. Um, I think just to leave after one or two years is a bit rich. Not everyone's as mature as you, though, Richard. I, I mean, there. Are, I remember when I left high school, I was a dead set idiot. I had no idea what I was doing with my life. I mean, not everyone as an eighteen year old can ch- can move into state, live on their own, or live in with a bunch of mates and fit in well and perform. There's there's got to be a better way than what we're expecting of these seventeen, eighteen year old boys. They're boys. Well, I don't know. I think they've you know plenty of players before have been able to do it and they buy into the system. It's not about maturity for me, I don't think. It's about actually buying in um, and not having your mind set up before you even get there, being open to it and embracing the footy club. Have your say, 0437 693 Richard, I reckon the one thing that really has made trade period in the last two years is the capacity to trade out future picks. Mm-hmm. So when this was just a period of you could only trade with what you had in the current draft hand – was very difficult to get deals done. We're seeing Port Adelaide, the classic example, who moved basically every future pick they had out. They had to bring some back in because that's part of the rules. Could you see a situation where we start trading out picks two years, three years? I think you're allowed to trade out picks five years down the track in the NFL. Could you see a situation where we're actually starting to get that far advanced and you're making a decision, we're going for this year and next year and be darned what what happens in 2026? Yeah, I can. There's pros and cons because I think, uh, you know, if you're around the mark locker Port Adelaide, for example, they can really load up on this year through the trade period, can't they? And they offload their futures. Uh, But for me, what that creates is the rich get richer and the poor get poorer. Like you just keep going to those clubs Mm. that are around the mark. You almost create like an EPL, the top four, where you just become a destination club because you're always in that premiership window. And how do the teams at the bottom actually get back up, you know? So... Uh, I think uh, all in all, the AFL have got some things they need to look at quite seriously and address. Um, the answers aren't easy, uh, but I think for me, there's a four, five, six clubs in the AFL that are doing things incredibly well, and they're, the gap between them and the clubs, clubs down the bottom uh, concerns me a little bit. It leads me into my next question, and it does uh, cut a little bit close to home with the Adelaide Football Club, but we've seen Geelong who have been the oldest team in the competition win a flag this year. They've been up and about and around the mark. They've played finals, what, uh, I, I think it's, what, 
no. nine of the last 11 years. I'd have to go back Even and more look than that. that yeah. But they've been a consistent finalist. They've been in and around the top four for year after year after year. This year, everyone's saying what a, what a wonderful job they did with the trade period. On the flip side of that, the hefty rebuild, going down to the bottom – Loading up on number one draft picks, which Adelaide haven't gone to the Carlton level of five years of bottom and getting five years of number ones, but they did decide to move players on, go for a happy to finish bottom, get a number one draft pick in, um, in Thilthorpe. Um, Do you think that that model might be dead with the way Geelong are just saying, no, we don't rebuild. Everyone said they they have to go backwards sometime and I can't see when that's going to happen. Well, I don't know about dead, but I think it's going to be even more harder to be able to rebuild right from the bottom and get your way back up the top. It's a long climb, isn't it? And mm. now Adelaide going into their fourth year of the rebuild, and yep. their age demographic is actually now at the lowest. So they're three years of pain to get to where they are now, where they can actually look to build. Um, and you go, you talk about Phil Thorpe and these high draftees. There's no guarantees that they're going to be the answers. But when you trade in, you know what you're getting. These mm. players are tried, experienced. You can get them in. Um, for me, people are definitely looking at the Geelong model. Brisbane are now certainly doing that model. You look at Collingwood, I think they've gone down that model as well. Uh, a few clubs are looking to really just build on the run and try and get one, maybe one quality draft pick a year and keep topping up there, but keeping their top end really strong. But the Crows and a few other clubs, Hawthorne, are looking to rebuild very heavily. Um, you just hope that it does work out for them and those boys that they do draft, they want to hang around for the long haul. Uh, in the history of the Adelaide Football Club, there's only been two coaches who have survived two consecutive years without making the finals. The first was Graham Corns in the first two years. They missed and they made the finals in the third year. Missed in the fourth year, he was sacked. And, of course, Matthew Nix yep. will go into his fourth year this year. Gee, it'll be interesting to see how the fans deal with Adelaide if they don't play finals next year. I don't probably see them playing finals next year, but if they have a poor year, if they end up around the sort of – Six or eight wins this year. If they end up around the six, seven, eight wins, I think there'll be some fans that'll get pretty upset. Yeah, it's going to be tough for them. There's no doubt about that. I think the fans and myself probably would expect 10 wins, and you want to be pushing certainly for that top eight um, and really competing, you know, staying in games longer against those top four sides, which they've actually competed against the top four sides quite well. Um, but yeah, it's, it's going to be a challenge. And you look at, you go through the whole list, most teams you look at, are certainly going to improve. I can't see too many teams actually going backwards from last year. So looking at that, it's going to be a challenge to see how far up the ladder they can go. Hey, if I can just turn our attention to cricket quickly. We've got a huge show on. We're going to catch up with Paul Bonsor, talk about the 36ers. Carl Viet uh, from Adelaide United to join us as well. Just want to touch on cricket quickly. Aaron Finch is going to retire as captain of the white ball team. and The T20 World Cup is on its way. David Warner's being mooted as potentially his replacement. Are you in, yes or no? Yeah, I'm fine with that. I think, uh, you know, I believe in uh, second chances, and that happened three or four years ago now, didn't it? So I think. Yeah, 2018, uh, 2018 I think it was. So yeah. A lot changes. It I'm is not... interesting, isn't it? I mean, Australia banned players for a year for an offence that most other nations, or certainly the ICC, gives a one-match ban. <laughs> so <laughs> it is quite remarkable the well, difference. probably says it all, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, that, that we have. The Kia Sportage has been crowned Drive Car of the Year. See it at kia.com.au and trade up to Continental Tyres this trade period. Ben Hook and Richard Douglas in the studio. Plenty to get through, of course, over the course of the evening. Uh, our Greyhound tips from Toddy Gray. You're angry with that. Paul Bonsort to join us and also uh, the great man, uh, Carl Viet as well. Don't go away. You are listening to Sports Day. 
Sports Day. For Kia, the Kia Sportage, Drive Car of the Year and Lumo SA, Aussie-owned, made for South Australia. Welcome back to Sports Day with Richard Douglas and Ben Hook. 0437 693060 if you want to text in and have your say. Or the Weeks Open Line, discover exceptional customer service. Weeks Homes, discover different. 8223 Dougie, well, it was Friday last week where you and I were guests of Angle Park for the uh, Tab Adelaide Cup. What a wonderful meeting it was. Oh, we had a great time down there. Everything went splendidly except for the tips we got from our man, Toddy Gray. For expert Greyhound Racing tips, follow at the Dogs SA on Twitter or Greyhound Racing SA on Facebook. Oh, you're putting it lightly, boys. Um, oh, I'm, flabbing, I'm flabbergasted after last week. Look, I don't often say this. I've lost the words after last week. We, um, you, you, you were there to witness history, though, boys. That is the longest prize winner in Adelaide Cup history. To be, to be. To one. When we were talking last week, he was a hundred to one. I just, I can't get over it. I generally cannot get over that result. To be fair to you, Todd, you did say that the dollar fifty favourite was one that you were very happy not backing because you were worried that being out of box six, it could get squeezed early, and that's precisely what happened with one that you tipped us. Yeah, I know. The dog, I, the dog I declared, Mally Magic. It kind of caused the um, it ca- caused the kerfuffle, really, trying to move out on the first turn. Um, all the dogs kept their feet, but it just kind of it clipped the heels of the two, which clipped the heels of the three. It was just a, a carnival of clippage, virtually, on the first turn. And there's old Buzz Junkie at 100 to 1 just going, thank you very much. And I'll put Stephen Bradbury to shame, and I'll go on and cause a big upset. Yeah, Toddy, Mally Magic, you, the one dog it was, wasn't it? It just it was. ran to the front, now turned right at the bend when it should have been going left. Is he been sent to the match review panel? That's a three-week uh, hip and shoulder there. Surely he's absolute carnage. But what a thrill it must be for Petr Janovic, the, the trainer of uh, Buzz Junkie, 101. That is just uh, what dreams are made of. Oh, well, look, it's cliche, but you tell me, you, you can't win an Adelaide Cup unless you're in an Adelaide Cup. That's, yeah. um, that's the truth. You can't, you can't win the Premier, you know, you can't win the flag unless you're in the, you know, in the finals, all that kind of cliche stuff. Um, look, I'm still gobsmacked by it, but you have to be in the race to win it, and last week proved that. Um, as mm, for Mally yeah. Magic, I'll wait to hear from the review panel, but I gave it, <laughs> I gave it a yellow card on the night yeah. myself. Oh. I went out and gave it a yellow card. I'm just waiting to see what happens. Toddy, the beautiful thing about the dogs is that every time you back a loser, you're one closer to backing a winner. Tell us what you've got for us tonight. <laughs> my man. Certainly, let's start with your best. I'm going for the lucky sevens tonight, lads. I like two dogs from box seven tonight. The best bet, race seven, number seven, fantastic face. Um, ran second last week at the cup meeting in the country cup. Really liked what I saw last week. I reckon there's a bit of improvement there as well. Now, I think the, um, I think the favourite here in number one is going to have a very similar kind of situation to what happened in the cup. I think the two is going to ping to the lead and cut straight down on it and kind of just take its heels out from underneath it. And I reckon we're every chance, the seven dog, to lob second to the two. Now, the two, I can't see how the two doesn't leave, but it, it folds like a napkin in the blender the last 100 <laughs> metres. Um, if we lob second to the two, no excuses. And that's how I see this race panning out. So race seven, number seven, fantastic face. Get the second around the first turn. And if it does, I'm going the early crow. Any value for us, Toddy? Uh, I really like the price of this dog, but not so much the draw, but... I've worked this race out, I reckon. Race eight, number seven, Wardrum <laughs> Express. Now, you can get about 7 or $8, this dog. Um, unfortunately, the four scratched here, so there's only two dividends because I reckon it's each way all day for mine if there was three. Um, look, he wants the inside. He, wants the, he, he really prefers the inside draws. But I reckon the six here, Fabulous Ebony, is an absolute moral again to lead, and it cuts to the hard left. So I reckon it's going to just kind of 
escort him over, just kind of just virtually take his paw and go, follow me. I'll give you the most glorious run you've ever seen to that first turn. And if he can get to second or third, maybe even fourth to the halfway point, he'll finish stronger than any of these. I reckon he is a terrific each-way bet. As long as the six has read the script and just gives him that beautiful uh, car over into the race early. Now, Todd, any mail on uh, my favourite and your favourite, Basil Brush Rose? You've backed it for a couple of weeks. It comes home like an absolute freight train, but always runs second. Is it running? Funny you say that. Funny you say that. Basil Brush was in at Gawler yesterday, and I might have picked him me again, that. but the meeting, the, the, meeting, no, the meeting didn't go ahead at Gawler yesterday. Oh, the weather. But... He is. I tell you what, they went for the Gawler Cup. He's in the Gawler Cup heats coming up on Monday. And you know what? Even I don't think even I can tip him in the Gawler Cups. But after seeing what happened in the Adelaide Cup, anything can happen. But um, I tell you what, I reckon that dog's had about 40, 40 career starts, and somehow I've tipped it 42 times. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Todd, I reckon Basil Brush Rose, that needs to find a race where it does about five laps. That'll be, uh, that, that's got <laughs> enough time for it to wind up. So your best, race seven, number seven. Your value, race eight, number seven. Toddy Gray, always appreciate your company and uh, yeah, I was a little bit disappointed with you last week, but I'm back on board, my man. I'll have a crack at these tonight. Good on you. Thanks for your time and we'll see you next week on Sports Day. Cheers, legends. Appreciate it. Todd Gray there. No one runs the dogs like South Australia. And we are going to turn our attention now to basketball because the Adelaide 36ers, after their outstanding run over there in the US over the last week or so, were back in town. They're at home. They're taking on the Jack Jumpers. And our man Paul Bonsor is courtside because he is broadcasting the game this evening. Paul, welcome to Sports Day. G'day, boys. How are you going? We're going really well. We are that excited for the 36ers. After seeing them destroy the Phoenix Suns a week ago, we just think that the Jack Jumpers, finalists in the NBL finals last year, this will just be a walk in the park, won't it, Bonds? Absolutely, absolutely a walk in the park. No question about it. Um, no, look, I, I think it'll be... I think the Jack Jumpers uh, will, will be competitive for a while, but uh, the strength of this Adelaide team, they look very, very good. And the Adelaide crowd... Is excited about it as well. If uh, we don't get a sellout tonight, we'll be very, very close. I think there was only about 500 tickets left uh, about half an hour ago. Paul, uh, I, I actually got the opportunity to see the Jack Jumpers play in the NBL Finals Game 2 against the Sydney Kings. It's, it's, it's a wonderful experience. I mean, if you haven't been down there, that crowd, that atmosphere they've got is just like nothing on earth. But uh, they've had some challenges over the, the off-season. They've lost some of their big-name players, so they are on the back foot a little bit this year, the Jack Jumpers. Yeah, a little bit, uh, especially Josh Adams. He was a superstar yeah. import, and uh, he's now gone. He's earning, uh, I just heard a little rumour, he's earning somewhere like uh, 1.5 mil a year uh, overseas now in Europe. So That's a bit like so what you get for all your broadcasting work, mate. <laughs> yeah, not quite. Not quite, but it's around the mark. Um, no, he's uh, yeah. So he's a, a big loss, and he was massive in the finals last year. But they are a, a sort of a dogged team. They just keep fighting and fighting and fighting, and uh, I think they'll do that again tonight. But this, the class of the Adelaide Thirty Sixers should shine through tonight and get their first win at home in their first game of the season, which is round three. Hey, Bonds, the boys obviously. Back from a, a flight over from the States. Obviously, the two games yes. there played some good ball. Uh, how do you think that will impact them tonight uh, as a starting lineup? Looking uh, pretty uh, settled. Not too many changes from what we've seen over in the States. No, and they were also... Uh, DJ sort of rolled his ankle in that first game in the US and then they rested him in the second game. He's fine. He'll start tonight. 
So, look, there's no injury concerns. Um, you know, a bit of jet lag, prop, maybe. It's been four or five days now, so they're probably acclimatised. And, but they're back home in their own beds. And, uh, yeah, I, I expect a big performance. And what sort of crowd are we expecting tonight? You mentioned close to capacity. What is that number? Uh, it's around the sort of nine to 10,000 mark, somewhere in there. Well, that, that'd be so a fantastic result. It should it? be massive. Yeah. And they've got uh, one of their sponsors has uh, chipped in with T-shirts tonight. So there is about 7,500 yellow T-shirts scattered around the stadium, hung fantastic. over seats. So that in itself looks fantastic. So some people will miss out on a T-shirt, but uh, if you're quick, get in early, get yourself a T-shirt with the 36s on it. And basketball always looks great. It's going to look great on the TV tonight, seeing all of the crowd uh, in the yellow T-shirts. That will be pretty special. I was hoping you were going to tell me that they'd brought back the T-shirt cannon. Uh, always uh, always a uh, you know potential for injury with a T-shirt cannon in an enclosed stadium like the Entertainment I'm, Centre. Hey, I'm Bond, sure. Go on, Sorry. So I'm sure Murray Magpie will have the T-shirt cannon and shooting more T-shirts into the crowd tonight, without doubt. Bonds, just very quickly for those yes, people right? who are perhaps um, uh, marginal fans of the 36ers, don't follow it. I mean, I reckon they're going to be pretty exciting. You want to be getting and seeing them once or twice this year. Just take us through some of the big name list changes and who, who we should be looking out for as, as I guess, uh, soft fans of the 36ers. Well, two, two guys that... Two, well, it's all about the imports, really. And, and two guys, Robert Franks, who played in Brisbane last year, and Antonius Cleveland, he was named defensive player in the uh, competition last year. They are both elite, and somehow they got them to Adelaide. They have the same manager, so that helps. But uh, they've both rocked up. And the guy who you might have seen against Phoenix, uh, who shot the lights out, he can shoot it from anywhere, any car park, any seat in the stadium, he'll have a shot. His name is Craig Randall II. Uh, he's from uh, Ohio, um, and he went to college in uh, Memphis. But he is an absolute jet. And if he catches fire, they'll win by 30. Oh, Bonds, I tell you what, mate, we're so excited for the 36ers season. The win over the Suns has absolutely put these guys on the map. Everyone is looking out for them. Great crowd sounds like it's down there at the Entertainment Centre tonight. Appreciate your company on Sports Day. Can't wait. See you, boys. Thanks, Bonds. Paul Bonds are there, our 36ers expert. He'll be commentating the game this evening. Lumo Energy SA, 100% Australian owned with energy plans and great local rewards made for South Australia. A break. On the other side, we catch up with the coach of Adelaide United, Carl Viet. This is Sports Day. Sports Day for Kia, the Kia Sportage, Drive Car of the Year, and Lumo SA, Aussie-owned, made for South Australia. This is Sports Day with Richard Douglas and Ben Hook, 822 If you want to get involved in the conversation, 0437 693 on this Thursday evening. I tell you what, I'm Dougie. I don't mind the end of trade period, and then we can clear the decks for a couple of weeks before we get to the draft, and we can focus on some other things, like... Uh, the Redbacks and cricket and the Strikers playing the WBBL. And, of course, Not we can talk ends. about the A-League. Football is here. Isuzu Ute A-League Experience Live. Search A-League's tickets. And the coach of the Adelaide United Football Club, Carl Viet, has joined us. And, Carl, well, you got a point, but you only just got a point out of the game against Wellington, mate. You must have had your heart in your mouth for a little while. Um, yeah, I didn't think it was going to happen for us, um, but... You know, to the boys' credit, you know they they had the same spirit as they did last year. You know, we'll go right to the right to the end. Um, with the red card, I mean, sometimes that can make it very difficult. So uh, Wellington conceded a red card fairly early. It can almost sort of throw a team out because you're expecting to score, 
and it can be quite frustrating, I would imagine, when just things aren't falling according to plan. Yeah, most definitely. Um, you know, I, I thought before the red card, the first 30 minutes, we were excellent. Um, had created quite a few opportunities to score. And then after the red card came, you know, always the way. Um, you know, the team with 10 lift and start doing extra. And the team with 11, you know, just relax a little bit and start doing less. So it makes it very difficult. So what is it for for us, on, for example, on the weekend? Is it the boys have to work harder to create more space for more openings to, to shift the ball or... Uh, is it a matter of just being composed and work the ball a bit more methodically? Yeah. What was your preference or what was your, I guess, review? What did you talk about uh, when you went one man up? Yeah, um, yeah, it was about uh, moving the ball quickly and trying to stretch the field because uh, Wellington um, was sat quite deep, made it very difficult for us. Um, so it was just a matter of um, you know, to keep playing our style of football and moving the ball quickly and having forward runs. And it sort of all stopped because they were deep, but we still needed to make the forward runs and we... We just didn't do that. When you know, and the data backed that up after the send off, we um, dropped like 15 metres a, uh, a, a minute per player over the course of the pitch. So that just showed how much um, less work we were doing. You talked about the resilience of the group. You must have been pleased. Uh, granted, you know, down uh, or up a number, you should have uh, probably ideally win the game from there, but you must be pleased with the resilience and the ability to fight, you know, really dig deep and find something late in the game and, and uh, probably, you know, play a little bit more more attacking in the last few minutes. You must be pleased with that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, you know, oh, hello. Uh, you know, credit to the players with their mentality to keep fighting and to keep going to the end. And you know, even though we, we equalised in the 93rd minute, we had another chance after that to, to win the game. So, um you know, it's a, a credit to the players that they kept working. Um, we just needed to work a little bit harder and, and move the ball a little bit quicker. Is that something that you talk about prior to the game? Um, obviously, you're down by a goal. You need to score, uh, move the ball quickly, or is that a message that comes from the sideline? Does that come from your leaders? How does that come about? Um, yeah, look, it's, it's important that, um, you know, even though you're still chasing a goal, that you you still sort of, uh, maintain the style that you want to play, not to um, change too much. It's just, um, you know, you just have to be a little bit more, um, play with a bit more speed so to try and catch the opposition before they get themselves set. And, you know, um, and by doing that, you bring on, you know, some of our younger boys that have a bit more speed and, and you know, don't really have that um, care factor of losing the ball. It's, you know, they, they just go for it. Carl, what's the mood like in the rooms after a game like that? Because there are so many positives and probably so many what-ifs. I mean, to get a point away from home, in particular early in the season, is really important. I'm sure you're disappointed that um, with the opposition one man down that you couldn't find a way through any sooner. But there must be a real sense of relief at the same time that you do salvage that point. How do you how do you weigh up probably the, the disappointments with the positives that you do take out of that? Yeah, look, it's, um, you know, before the game, you know, it's a very tough trip away to Wellington. They're a very good side. Um, you know, before the game, you offered a point, you'll take it. Mm. Um, you know, to reflect after the game and, and think that we've dropped points is good. And especially from the playing group, they were very disappointed, um, which is good, you know, to have that belief in yourselves that we should have done better. Um, but it's a tough place to go. Um, you know, it's a long trip. Um, and the conditions were very difficult. The wind there was, you know, blowing around 50 kilometres an hour and it just swirls around the stadium. So <laughs> wow. one way, 
one minute you're kicking with it and then the next minute you're kicking into it. So it's a, a very difficult place to go and play. To move on to MacArthur this week, Australian champions, we know uh, nil all draw against uh, the Raw last week. Uh, how do you see ourselves shaping up against them? Obviously, uh, we'd love to get the three points. Yeah, most definitely. It's going to be a, a tough game. As you said, they've done very well in winning the Australian Cup. They've got some really exciting attacking players that are very good at running with the ball. So it's important that we limit the space for them to, to get on the ball and to run out our back line. So, um, but, you know, we bring in um, Hiroshi comes back this week into the team, so that will give us a little bit more of a focal point up front and, and hopefully he can carry on his goal-scoring form from the Australian Cup. Carl, you played uh, Musa Toure for his first game, the 16-year-old, last weekend. Is there any more Toure's in the wings? I mean, you've done very well out of um, the family. Yeah, no, I think Musa's the last one um, <laughs> that plays football out of the family. So, um, yeah, look, he's an exciting young kid. Um, you know, I challenged him about four weeks ago when I brought him into our group that he needed to work hard. And if he worked hard, he'd be rewarded. And he did that. He worked extremely hard. And so he got his reward in getting an opportunity to play in the A-League. Carl, I'm very pleased with the start, to be honest. I, I reckon it's a tough place to go. I've actually had a holiday. You talk about the wind in Wellington. I had a holiday. Uh, this is a few years ago now in Wellington. Climbed Mount Wellington and nearly got blown off the thing again. Mm. It's, uh, it is a really difficult place to go and get points. It's multiple flights. Well done on getting the point against a team that would have been up and about. And, uh, yeah, good luck on the weekend against MacArthur. Hopefully the boys can uh, find your three points and uh, we'll be travelling very nicely, having cleared the decks with a couple of away games. Yes, most definitely, um, and that's what we're doing. We'll be going very confident that we can collect a win this Sunday. Carl Viet there, the coach of the Adelaide United, our guest. Good on you, Carl. Thanks for joining us on Sports Day. Carl Viet there. Don't risk missing all of your team's matches at the T20 World Cup on KO Sports. Watch the T20 Cricket World Cup on KO Sports. Dougie, just thinking back through your footy career, did you ever have a game like that, like Adelaide United, where you knew all day you should have won, but you just got out of jail right in the last minute? I remember there was a famous game against North Melbourne mm, yeah, at, um, yeah, at uh, Eddie Haddle uh, Marvel, Marvel Stadium. Yeah, yeah. yeah that was uh, a strange old game. We played really poorly in the first half. I think we are down by seven goals, and we sort of, even at you know, 15 minutes to go, we were still down by five goals. We just had this... Throughout the day, we were able to score really quickly. So we had this belief that we could uh, just win. And I think North Melbourne sort of shut up shop, which is a little bit what Wellington did late in that game. And if you keep attacking, it's funny how things just go your way. Um, so, yeah, we fell over the line with I think one of the last kicks of the day. But uh, just come to mind as well, the SNFL grand final with Norwood and North. Yeah, that's yes. sort of same sort of thing. North yeah. really parked the bus. Three goals up, five minutes to go, and Norwood just went bang, bang, bang. So... Did you um, did you play the 2017 draw when Port, when uh, Collingwood oh. 50 points up and McGovern kicked a goal after the siren for the draw? Do you uh, remember? Yes, yeah, so I remember that one. Uh, not as vividly, but uh, I remember Mitch kicking that goal. We were 50 down, were we? Yeah, yeah, you were 50 points down. Wow. That's sort of incredible. halfway through the third quarter, I reckon you were 50 down. So, um, I reckon yeah. we were 50 up against the Pies at one stage, two and lost one as well, so... Oh, there you are. Well, I tell you what, it's it's, uh, it's not just Adelaide United that uh, has managed to get themselves out of jail. Yeah. The Crows have done it in but, their uh, time. They'll be pleased with that, a, a point, as Carl said. And if they can get another point at least this week, they're off to a good start. Yeah, you get a point every every yeah. away game, you'd take that, wouldn't you? Tire Power, Australia's biggest independent tyre retailer. Their buying power puts the power in your lane. Plenty more to come on Sports Day, so don't go away. 
Sports Day. For Kia, the Kia Sportage, Drive Car of the Year and Lumo SA, Aussie-owned, made for South Australia. Yeah, thanks for your company on Sports Day. The week's open line, 8223 Discover exceptional customer service. Weeks homes discover different. It's time to just wrap up what we think about how the trade period played out for all 18 clubs. Trade your way with CMC Markets. Visit cmcmarkets.com. Dougie and I are now joined by our producer and trade expert, Sam Fantasia. Sam, welcome back to the microphone. Hey, mate, what did you make of the Adelaide Crows uh, in Rankin? In pick 46, in a future third, out Billy Frampton, out pick five, out a future third. So there's, you know, a little bit of uh, loose change going on at the background there. But it was it was really ranking in for, um, for pick and five. lost pick five. Yeah, yeah. Uh, first of all, I just want to say thank you for calling me a trade expert. That's very kind of you. Uh... I, I'm building you up. I know David Wildey doesn't do quite <laughs> so well. Um, so I'm always a fan of yours, young Sam. Uh, so anyway, Adelaide, you rate it? Adelaide, I rate it. I think it's probably about expected. There was no curveballs sort of, as you saw with Port Adelaide, with Radicalier coming in late. Mm. Jason, In fact, the whole trade period really was a bit of a curveball except for Junior Rioli, but we'll get to that in a second. But yeah, I think pick five for... Isaac Rankin is probably about fair. You you actually like that he's got three years of development or f- a bit more than that, actually, um, into him. And, um, yeah, he was drafted at pick three. So, yeah, I think the Crows have come out on top there. Dougie? Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, pick five's fair for Isaac. Uh, fourth, four years in the system. So he's done a lot of the development, the groundwork, and now you'd really expect him to blossom under a good coach and system. So B plus. I mean, they, they did what they said they were going to do and they did it. I'm fine with that. It yep. wasn't, uh, there was no miracles there. There was nothing amazing, but I think they got their guy there happy. I think they should be pretty relaxed about it. And Go on. The forward line is going to just be their best forward line since 2017 when they were averaging. Do you remember what the average was in 2017? Uh, it was what over was? 100 points. Yeah, yeah it was uh, like unbelievable. or something. Yeah, it was, yeah. yeah. Port Adelaide boys, so, uh, you know, the big one in Jason Horn francis in Junior Rioli, of course. They'll bring in pick 33, a uh, future second to come in. Out Carl Amon, which I think is actually a bit of a loss because that his left-footed disposal is very good. And basically every one of their draft picks is gone. So uh, we know what they're about. They're chips in trying to win one in the next two years. Sam, your assessment? Uh, it's win-now moves, and I think it's really good moves. If they get a Razio Fantasia, then their forward line is going to be really, really good. They're going to be able to rotate Butters, Rosie, even Fantasia pitch hit um, all through there. Jason Old Francis is a great addition. Yeah, I think it's. I, I think they might be some question marks around their ruck just to see how Scott Lysette comes back. Uh, so you sort of saw that as a bit of an issue this year, but they did overcome it well, getting creative with Jeremy Finlayson. Richard, yeah, I like it. I really like the addition of uh, obviously Horn Francis, Amon going out outside play. I think they need more grunt inside, which Horn Francis will give Rioli's class. But I think organically their growth from their young group is really what's going to take them to that top four level. Jason Cripps had this to say about the Jason Horn francis deal. In terms of the actual timeline, it, it didn't eventuate in terms of this being a, an option till you know, sort of after the season, late in the season. You know, and it moved, to be honest, it moved pretty quickly. Uh, we obviously met with Jason and his family and Ben and worked out pretty quickly that Jason wanted to come home and come to Port Adelaide and we were committed to getting a deal done and obviously Jace became the priority for us during the trade period and uh, obviously we're, yeah, we're obviously pleased with the outcome in terms of being able to secure Jace who, you know, I think we all would all believe or all think that he's a generational talent. Um, so we're obviously excited to bring him into our footy club. Boys, I wonder if um, with Alistair Clarkson being stood down, I wonder if that was the tipping point. So was Alistair Clarkson, if he was full throttle, working with Horn Francis right through that period, if he would have stayed? 
That's what the talk's been from the manager and uh, Jason Horn Francis did mention in his press conference, the instability at North, but I th- also think it's an easy cop out to, if you're coming back home as a, you know, one year into the system. Yeah. I think he was always going to come home, whether it be this year or next, but I mm. think that really gave him an out to make sure, yeah, no, I can get out and make sure it looks fine now. Junior, Junior Rioli, I beg your pardon, is obviously the other big in for Port Adelaide. Cripsy had this to say. He's got match-winning qualities. He can certainly fill a need in our front half, as you mentioned, with Motlop and Gray retiring. We think if we can get Orazio Fantasia fit and Junior Rioli fit, that they're going to be pretty important. I think the other part that's been lost with Junior, which he, and he talked to us about this, you know, when you're obviously you're happy and you're comfortable, it gives you the best chance to play your best footy. And, you know, he's got family in South Australia. He's, he's got a connection with, with Kenny. Back in his early coaching career, actually coached Junior's dad. Um, so there was a connection there. Um, it just made sense um, for him to make the move. And, you know, he's really excited. And I think we're going to see, you know, hopefully a healthier and fitter Junior Rioli. And, he, and once he's happy and settled, I think we'll see his best footy. Let's try and breeze across all of the other clubs very quickly. I'll get you to go tick or flick. Brisbane Lions, tick or flick? Tick. Yeah, Dougie. Tick. Yep. Carlton, tick or flick? Can I sit on the fence on this one? You can. Flick. Collingwood? Tick. Tick. Flick for me. I reckon they've lost as much as they've gained. Essendon? Flick. Yeah, flick. Flick. I agree. Fremantle? Tick. Uh, tick. I'll come back to Geelong because I want to just uh, focus on them a little bit. Gold Coast? Flick. No, flick. That's flick. a flick, isn't yeah, it? It has flick. to be. GWS? <laughs> uh, probably oh, Flick. I'm going to sit on the fence on this one again. I'm going tick. I reckon getting in those draft picks is fine. Hawthorne? I've actually changed my mind. They're fully embracing the rebuild, and I'm going to say a tick given what they're trying to achieve. Uh, This is Hawthorne? Hawthorne, yeah. Okay, yeah, I'm going tick. Yeah, tick. Nervous about their lack of experience now, though. Yeah, they'll be poor next year. Melbourne? Oh, big tick. Tick. Yep. Agreed. North Melbourne? Yeah, got to give that a tick, I think. I'm going to fence it. Yeah, I'm I'm okay with with, uh, them. Richmond? Tick, yeah, tick, big tick, tick, big tick. Yeah, so they've given up a few future rounds. They're, yeah. they're going for another one, aren't yeah, they? Fair absolutely. enough. Absolutely. Why not? St Kilda. No, it's a flick. Yeah, I think that's well, a bit they didn't do much, and they need they need to do some stuff. Yeah, probably Sydney Swans. Sit on the fence. Tick. They didn't want to do much, but getting Francis in will be be good. West Coast Eagles. Uh, geez, that's tough. Given their flick. list profile, flick. It's a tick for me because I reckon turning two into eight and 12 is not bad. They'll pick a couple of West Coast, uh, Western Australian kids. They'll be fine. Western Bulldogs is the second last. Uh, no. See, I, I rate the trade period. Yeah, I, I think still, a tick. I, I think I, 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 sorry, you Rory down. Lobb and Liam Jones is massive for them and something pretty good with 21 and a future first. So I'm pretty happy with that. They needed another defender and their forward line is going to be very good. Their midfield is probably just got a bit of a question mark I over I think they're going now. to fall down the ladder next year, but I still rate their trade, trade period. I just want to touch on Geelong. Of course, um, the big one from an Adelaide perspective was that they were not prepared to give up on Asava Radigalia. This is what Andrew Mackey, a good South Australian boy, had to say about that. To be honest, that was a really tough call. We, we like to explore players, tell us that they'd like to get somewhere. But in the end, mate, it was it was a matter of the list need for us. And to be fair, he went into defence later in the year, the second half of the season. I think it's obviously caught the eye of other clubs, including mm. Port. I think that's what they had planned for him. And we just want to see that out with him. It was small sample size, but something that we were pretty excited about. We're confident that we can help provide some opportunity for him going forward and, and we watch to see what you know what next year looks like for him. Clearly, it's not easy to do, though, when a player does do that. And, you know, as, as you saw last night, we were able to facilitate a move that would allow Cooper Stevens to get more mm. opportunity and 
and Jordan Clark last year. So there is scenarios where we, we do do it, but key position players, are, as we all know in the footy industry, they're so hard to come by. I still reckon they've acted in bad faith. I like Andrew Mackey, good guy, but I just reckon that they had to do it. They had some responsibility to get Asava out and get him to Port Adelaide. I think that would have been the right thing to do in the circumstances. I know they keep saying that they're going to give him opportunities next year. I, I just don't see where he fits into that side next year. Dougie? Yeah, it's such a tough one. You know, like the clubs, the players now have got so much power and control when it comes to this time of year. There's an example of club digging their heels in and saying, no, we value you, we want you, and you're part of our long-term plan. Um, so it'll be inter- interesting to see how much footy does yeah. play next year, but I've got no issue, um, and that's why Geelong is successful, because they're, at times, they know when to be a ruthless footy club. Boys, that's trade period for another year. It's nice to be able to look at you as human beings rather than whether you're worth a future second rounder. Thanks very much for your company, our trade wrap. Thanks to Continental Tyres, engineered in Germany, proven in Australia. Search Continental Tyres today. And uh, that does wrap us up for the show. Thank you, Sam. Thank you, Dougie. I'll see you tomorrow night. I'll be live at Mate Stadium where the Adelaide Fire is uh, taking on New South Wales in the hockey. So looking forward to that. You can rely on your local Repco authorised service centre. For expert car service, book online at repcoservice.com. Thanks for your company, everyone. See you tomorrow night on Sports Day. Sports Day for Kia, the Kia Sportage, Drive Car of the Year, and Lumo SA, Aussie-owned, made for South Australia. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply.